I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back to join us for our extended interview with Berna, where she's going to share how to financially prepare to be a remote entrepreneur. Hey Berna, how are you? I am awesome, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I am wonderful. So I can't wait for all of the tips and tricks that you're going to be telling us. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. So my name is Berna Annette. And I can be found on the internet, Hey Berna, on Instagram. I live an offbeat life by my work. So my obnoxious tagline, as I've said before, is financial hype woman, which makes no sense when you put all those three words together. I basically work to put hype, which is like hyperness and fun and humor, and also women into the conversation of finance. I teach people about budgeting and saving and debt and investing and how to use credit in a way that isn't horribly boring, hopefully. And I really make sure I target people who have been shut out of the conversation about money. So women, definitely women of color, people of all intersections, anyone who's sort of been on the margins of life and not typically serve financial information. So I try to put my offbeat of humor, my offbeat of brownness, my offbeat of a woman in the conversation into money and shake things up because... The way the money world stands now, that's it's a beat that I can't get with. And it's a beat that I, I think a lot of people have always figured like, that's not for me. So trying to remix things a little bit and switch up the beat as they might say, uh, so that <laughs> folks feel like they can talk about money because we should talk about money. I love all the content that you're creating, Berna, because it's so different from what we're seeing on media right now. And I love that you are able to tell us really the realities of what's happening. And for this interview, you're going to be sharing with us how anyone can financially prepare to be a remote entrepreneur because it's hard enough when you're doing this as, you know, an entrepreneur and you have a business and one stable place, but to do this remotely, And being able to do it in any parts of the world can be really tricky. So what would be your best advice for someone who wants to do this and do it successfully? Yes, of course. So I'm, duh, going to come from the financial place. And I've got three top tips of how to set your money life up as a remote entrepreneur, as a remote creator, as a person who's just going to like dive into solo dolo deep end like we did. And uh, like Debbie and I were discussing before, these are all lessons that were learned because I failed at them and I butt my head against things. And <laughs> I, I had a you know a certified public accountant be like, you are going to ruin your life that way. And I'm like, oh, snap. Good to know now. So the three things that I think you definitely need on the money side to set yourself up as a remote worker. The first thing is that you definitely have to consider your money from your work totally separate from your personal money. So your business and your personal money should literally live at separate 
bank accounts. They should live in separate banks for me if you can help it because that's, I, I really like to compartmentalize. You know, I'm like a Scorpio with Libra moon, <laughs> which means apparently that we like to compartmentalize. But I think it's incredibly important because the second you start to think of yourself as like, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to create this side hustle or I'm going to start to freelance, right? And make a little money on the side. Like the second that you kind of speak that into existence, you should consider yourself a, a separate business entity. And it's also for me, a really good way to emotionally separate myself from my work as well. When my money that I got from my work was tied up into my personal money, money that I used to pay my bills, money that I used to go on trips and like love on my, my family, it really kind of emotionally tied up my work identity with my personal identity. And I did not like that. That's burnout land for sure. So in terms of setting up a separate business banking kind of life, you're going to want to look for, especially if you're a remote person, you're going to want to look for an online only bank or like a a bank that offers a lot of really robust features online. That means that you don't want to be putting your business money into like your local credit union Because if you're traveling a lot and you're remote, you might need help from like Iceland and you need to get on the phone with somebody or get on customer service. And it's less likely that your local credit union is going to be prepared for that. Or if you're trying to like access your money from your savings, your checking account, something gets stuck, you lose a debit card. It's going to be a lot harder for you to get in touch with customer service if that bank isn't already set up to have like, again, really robust online customer service. So there are a lot of really great online only banks that are perfect for this. I personally do my business savings and my business checking with Chase because it is a large bank. They have an amazing app that I can use anywhere. As long as I have Wi-Fi, I can access my my business money life. Um, yeah. I definitely I definitely second that, Berna. That's the yeah. bank I also use for my business yes. accounts. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And online, they're great. And I also have to say, no offense to Citibank, that's the one <laughs> that I use for personal, but their online services and online like viewing sucks. So yeah. I would not <laughs> recommend them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't choose a service that's going to hurt your eyes, right? Yeah. Like, the nice thing is that with a lot of these newer banks, online-only banks, that they are sort of aesthetically pleasing to the millennial eye, I would say. And so it's easier for you to go in and make transfers, you know, pay yourself or, or put things into a separate tax account or something like that. It's really easy for you to access an app where you can transfer money or get in touch with customer service. So yeah. that's super important. And make sure that they're user-friendly because honestly, that's the huge reason why I love the Chase Bank for business mm-hmm. because they're super user-friendly as well. Yes. And they're global. So it's a lot more likely that you'll get somebody on the phone, even though like back home, it's 2, 2 a.m. You're going to get customer service and you're going to get that sort of more robust person-to-person communication, which is what you'll need, especially if you're like in a panicky business place. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be panicking and your money is behind like, a sort of ancient credit union local wall. It's not going to help you at all. So you want to set, again, to like kind of wrap up that first point, you want to separate your money for business and personal, and you want the money to be in a very flexible, online-only, online-friendly, kind of really accessible bank. And let's see, the second thing, now that we're talking about banking, is that you have to have a business emergency savings. I think this is something that not enough people talk about. And we talk about, especially in the finance world, we talk all the time about you need to have a personal emergency savings. And we say that you need three to six months of your life expenses in a savings account somewhere, which is absolutely great information. But before I started my business, I wish that I had saved up enough business emergency savings too. And it's a lot of the same principles. How much do you need to run your business every month? So you're thinking about 
you know, web hosting, if you pay for G Suite, if you pay for online internet bills, if you pay for like a rental space for your business, how much does that cost every month? And then try to build up an emergency business savings that covers, I would say at least six months of it. Especially when you're just starting out as an entrepreneur or remote worker, you're going to have times where you're like, great, I'm rolling in cash. This is awesome. And then you're going to have times where like maybe a couple months goes by and you don't get paid for anything. So you need to be able to reach into your business emergency savings to keep running your business so that you don't have to reach into your personal savings to run your business. Because that's when things start to get like, oh, topsy-turvy. <laughs> that's when you start to panic and you don't know what's yes. happening. <laughs> exactly. That's when you start to go, should I have done this? Maybe I need to pull the plug on this. You start to second guess yourself. And when you know that you have a business, it's almost having like business like generators. It's like having electric generators. Like if you know the bottom's going to fall out and the lights are going to go off in your business, you're like, it's fine. I have business generators. I don't need to go like bring candles from home in order to run my business. <laughs> and it's, it's also like, I like to use the metaphor of say you work at like Radio Shack. And like Radio Shack can't, you know, the manager comes to you and is like, hey, you employee at Radio Shack, I want to let you know that like, we're kind of running low on funds. So we can't pay like our lights. We can't pay for electricity. So can you bring in some money from your personal accounts to help pay for lights here at Radio Shack? That makes no damn sense, right? So if you see yourself as an employee of your business, try to protect your personal money and keep it very separate from your employee and work money and give yourself those like that backup money. So you never have to dig into technically like employees, personal savings. Cause that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then the very last thing for sure is hook up with a CPA and a CPA is a certified public accountant. These are the people that are paid to do other people's taxes. And they know a lot about what you need to do tax wise to protect yourself as a starting off business. So if you're a remote worker, maybe doing freelance writing work, or you're doing you know, freelance video or something where you're earning money on your own, you do still need to pay tax on that kind of on that money. And depending on what you're doing, you might be saving 20% of what you make to taxes. You might have to save 30 or 40%. The only person who could give you that answer is a certified public accountant. So they are very, very worth taking up a couple of hours of their time and asking all the questions that you need of just like tax-wise, how do I set myself up? They might help you choose whether you're going to be defining yourself as a sole proprietor, which is basically a way to tell the government, I am a solo business and it's just me and money's going to be coming from just me. You might need help being set up as an LLC, uh, a corporation kind of entity or structure where you're like, it's me, I'm making a business. I hire other people. Like I need to figure out things on that side. All of those answers have to come from a CPA. I'm always like, I'm here for the DIY. I'm very here for the DIY of everything else, but don't mess around with your taxes. Do not DIY your taxes because nobody likes to get hit with a surprise tax bill in April when you weren't saving for it and you weren't prepared. So just that's how people go broke. That's how businesses go bankrupt. Do not yeah. get messed up with your taxes. That's definitely something that you cannot do most of the time on your own. And if you do, it's mm -hmm. going to be creating a lot of headaches. And honestly, one of the smartest things I did for my business is mm -hmm. to hire a CPA and they are super valuable and whatever money you're spending on them, it's definitely worth it. For me, it's just hours and hours of no, you know, no headaches. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the amount of Googling you can do to try to answer your own tax questions, like it really is like you can get answers for everything on every side. Like you can get a hard yes and a hard no for every question that you ask if you ask the internet. And so you're just going to confuse the crap out of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
then that could mean thousands of dollars and like a tax lien and a tax warrant down the road. You don't want that. You're trying to trying to start a business, not like becoming you know an embezzler or getting in trouble with the state. So just avoid yeah. all that. Get your tax homies. Yeah. For me, it's kind of like self-diagnosing yourself, going to like WebMD instead of just going to see the doctor. You know, there's yes. really no point. You're not never going to get a straight answer if you're just doing that. And it's not safe either if something serious happens. Absolutely. Got to, you got to protect yourself because you've got more to think about. You've got more important and more also more, honestly, more fun and creative thing to think about as a remote entrepreneur trying to live an offbeat life than like these crazy ass tax laws. Give that to somebody else. <laughs> For sure. Sabrina, thank you so much for giving us all of these awesome tips. If anyone, all of obviously all of our listeners will want to know more about you because you're awesome. Where can they find you? You can find me being the most obnoxious on Instagram for sure. All of <laughs> all of my obnoxiousness goes to Instagram first. You can find me at HeyBerna on Instagram, H-E-Y-B-E-R-N-A. You'll also find my email there. My DMs are a mess. So please don't DM me unless you want to hate me. And um, (laughs) you can find my email on my Instagram. And you can also, for my Instagram, sign up for my biweekly newsletter, which is kind of like my blog. That's where I really go in and share tips and tidbits and links and podcasts I'm listening to, books I'm listening to, like tea that I need to spell about the finance industry to somebody you can get from my newsletter. So come find me. Perfect. Thank you so much, Berna, for being here today. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you gave us. Thank you so much for having me, Demi. This has been awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Berna. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she became an online financial hype woman, inspiring people of color to learn financial literacy. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.